Today in the podcast, we're having a special conversation about checking in. It's special because it's launching on Are You OK Day here in Australia, which is a day where people are encouraged to meaningfully connect with people around them and support anyone struggling with life. And I thought there couldn't be a more appropriate time to have this conversation. My guest is Lockie Cook, and he recently told me that checking in isn't just about reaching out in tough times, but about creating consistent two-way conversations. I'll give him a call to explore how we can have more meaningful conversations with one another. everyone and welcome to Phone Calls with Clever People. My name's Shane Hatton. I'm a speaker, author and mentor from Melbourne, Australia and I'm passionate about all things leadership and communication. I realized recently that I know some really clever people in my network and I thought it would be a fun idea to be able to take some of their cleverness and share it with the rest of the world. Now through the wonders of technology, I'm broadcasting my phone calls with clever people just for you. And really the premise is quite simple. I just want to be able to ask great questions of talented people to help us all become more more effective leaders. Joining me on the phone is Lockie Cook, and he currently heads up iYarn, which is a new health and well-being software platform. It facilitates safe spaces for people to be able to come together and have meaningful conversations. He also works with businesses and community groups to build resilience and promote mentally friendly workplaces. In 2015, Lockie was awarded the EY Entrepreneur of the Year for the Western region of Australia, and he's represented Australia at the UN, G20, and the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. Lockie, so great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. Mate, Thank you for I'm, having me. No, I've been looking forward to it. Um, hey, if people have, have been listening to the podcast for a little while, then they would know that the kickoff to the podcast, I start with some fast facts. So I want to ask you three questions which help people get to know you a little bit better. The first one was, where were you born? The second one, what was your first job? And then the third one, what are you doing with yourself now? So just kick us off. Where were you born? I was born in uh, Perth, Western Australia. I'm a sand groper from the wild, wild west. <laughs> and But now living in Sydney, right? Living in Sydney, uh, yeah, based out of Bondi in the city. Nice. And what was your first job? My first job, um, I was actually a checkout, uh, well, checkout chip, uh, I don't know, it just rolls off the tongue, uh, down at, at the local uh, general store. But then, um, yeah, that was me when I was 14 years old. Right. And then what do you do with yourself now? Uh, I'm leading the Ion uh, app, which is a, a software platform addressing, uh, facilitating connections, deeper connections for people with their community. Nice. I've I've been looking forward to our conversation because I've I've been using the Ion app with some of my coaching clients and it's been just this incredible tool to help facilitate um, great conversations with people. And when people are listening to the podcast, today will be Are You Okay Day. And we want to have a conversation all about um, checking in with one another because it's obviously such an important um, conversation to be having. Um, but can you want to take us back a little bit in the journey um, to, I guess, the, some of the, the foundations or the starting points for Ion? Where did this kind of all come about? Where did this start for you? So Ion for me, it started um, a bunch of different ways influencing in my community. Um, you know, uh, a few people had exposed, you know, mental health and things like that. It wasn't too in my face until I was around 25 um, when I uh, had 
mental health challenges myself, um, transitioning from something I was really passionate about as a young person, leading a non-for-profit and then changing careers. And that work was a huge part of my identity. And then going into something completely different, there was that part through that transition, I had my own challenges. And then also family and friends. And um, I actually had lost um, family members to suicide. Um, and that's where it really came, uh, really smack in my face. Uh, mental health, and then learning about the importance of checking in on people. Yeah, we often have these experiences where you know it can it can be easy to disassociate with an with a um, a topic or an idea because it doesn't really necessarily feel that real because it's not so close to home. And then all of a sudden something happens to someone who's who's close to us, and then it hits really um, close to home. And all of a sudden the issue which was kind of out there becomes very real to us personally, doesn't it? Oh, it totally does. Yeah, and it's um, it really does. And one of the stats I hear in Australia, by the age of 25, 50 Australians are directly impacted by suicide, yeah. um, which is a pretty staggering stat. And it's a leading cause of death for young men, um, 18 to 45 years of age. So it's quite, uh, it is a big thing in Australia. And, you know, with all this COVID stuff, they're suggesting that that rate is going to be, on the rate of suicide is actually potentially going to increase by 50% which is um, pretty crazy um, as a result of all that. So there's no, you know, what we need to do in our community now is actually just check in with each other more. And that's the Are You OK Day is a big part of, of that dialogue. Mm. I mean, one of the, a few years ago, I wrote an article um, for my website um, called Ways to Say That You're Not OK. And it was kind of from the perspective of a person who wasn't doing very well and just giving them some kind of really just easy things that they could do to tell someone that they're not doing OK. And over the last few years, I look at my website and the traffic for the website to that one blog article is about 500% more than anything else on my website. And I, I reckon I, I receive a message every one to two days on my website from people on that article who've said to me, hey, I'm not doing okay. How do I tell my family? Or, hey, I'm not doing all right. How do I tell my boss? Or, um, I'm really embarrassed to tell people that I'm really struggling right now. And every couple of days I'm directing people to some of these websites of like, are you okay day? Just to kind of like, just to manage mm. some of the traffic. I don't think I've ever had that much traffic around um, an article and people reaching out. So this is a very real issue, right? This is something that's affecting people in a really big way. And you really hit it on the head and everyone, like what I've found is like, you know, one of my personal experiences that we, we left a funeral of one of our mates, you know, 25 um, took his life and we're leaving the funeral and um, everyone's like, well, we've just got to check on each other more. The challenge is, is you've kind of gone through life and school without actually having done that. Um, but you could say it, but you don't actually know how to. And that's why a lot of people go to your website for a bit of guidance and a lot of the platforms there for guidance around checking in. But what I found and the reason why I created iYarn is that people need that support. And it's not something when you do a check-in when it's you're in dire straits and you haven't done it before, because that is a big jump from not checking in to being able to check in. Mm -hmm. So that's why we created Iron because it helps facilitate that conversation because it creates a conversation canvas. It's like an image. And so someone who may not be as emotionally open to talk about these things, you know, they can maybe put a number with where they're at with their mental health, three or four or five or whatever it is out of 10. And then that could facilitate a conversation with anybody because you don't have to be a rocket science. You don't have to read between the lines of the motions. You can actually see that you, your buddy, your peer or yourself has shared that. And then that 
creates a safe space for you to have that yarn. Mm. And I love that. So for people who've never experienced the iYarn app before, I, I love the way, just the the aesthetic of it. I love the purpose of it. I, I, I love everything about it. But give people a, a, a bit of a kind of a walk through the iYarn mm. app. What is it? What does it do? How does it work? And then mm. like, how is it, you know, again, helping into facilitate these conversations? Yeah. Well, when I was a little grom, um, you know, there was this mentor who I met up with and he was like, mate, you know, I'd love to mentor you. And I was like, oh, what's a mentor? And he told me about this thing and so every you know every four weeks he'd literally meet up with me at the dome cafe and we'd get out in a piece of paper and he goes i want to do the life wheel with you and i was like okay what's that and essentially he explains it like imagine a bike wheel and then you got the spokes of the bike wheel but then every spoke of that bike is an area of life you want to check in on mm. and so you know he'd talk he'd say well what are the you know what are the areas of life matters most to you let's put them down and then each spoke is zero in the mid- middle and then 10 on the outside. And you give yourself a score, zero to 10. And you just put a dot on the spoke where that was. And then you connected all the dots. And then you could see this kind of wonky looking wheel. But then what that would open, because, you know, I was 18 at the time. I didn't really know to talk about myself in these different ways. But that helped me build my muscles to be able to talk about the areas of life that mattered to me. Mm. And then I was like, that's been of service to me ever since, you know, going through those days um and that was peter bowler that mentor was fantastic and so then when i stepped into that role of being a mentor with a youth foundation i ran i did that with a lot of my young people and um and essentially i was like i used that and then for mentoring and then for business coaching and counseling and all this it's been amazing and that's essentially what the iron app is and so you get to go in and predetermine what those different spokes are in terms of the wheel and you get to create those and then be able to share that with somebody else and they can kind of rate themselves on a scale of one to 10 on how they're feeling. And then you get this beautifully looking segmented wheel um, and in a kind of a one page snapshot, being able to see, I guess, where a person's at in each of those areas of life, right? Exactly. And it's um, because what I found, like Tony Robbins and all the big coaches around the world, they have like seven areas of of, of flourishing life. So you got um, Tony Robbins, eight areas of um, well-being or the life wheel, whatever it is. But what I found is that people want that kind of empowerment to be able to choose a segment. So some people, you know, I actually want a segment on surfing, on Mm. ski paddling, on uh, romance, on sex, whatever it is. And then you can fully customize that so it's quite, it's unique to you. But then you can also create one that's like reflecting of someone, a book that you read, like a Tony Robbins or whatever like that. And you can have several wheels. And that's what I think is really empowering and unique about IARN. It creates, you have the ability to choose whatever segments you want to check in on rather than one tied into any one person's thought leadership or anything like that. And that's Mm. how it's um, been really effective and and actually how there's been a lot of application of IARN into the workplace beyond just checking in on a personal peer-to-peer level for mental health. Mm. One of the ways that I I really like how you've described conversations or these check-in conversations is that they're a bit like a muscle. And when when we're not used to having these, I guess, honest, vulnerable conversations about where we're at, it's almost like we've got this muscle, but it's not developed yet. And it takes some time to kind of develop that muscle. And this is kind of providing an environment for you to be able to have an ongoing conversation, which strengthens that conversation muscle. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Oh, a hundred percent. It really is. And, um, because, and, and, and the thing is, is like, you want to facilitate these check-ins, um, 
over time, right? Even when things are all good, you know, me and my peer group, like I'm 30 now, and we started to, one of my best buddies, what we used to do every month, we used to go to the sauna, um, have a sauna, have a bit of a swim, and then go out for dinner and have a bit of a, and these check in. So it was a good couple of hours and check in on our life categories, which is the thing that Tony Robbins did, mm. had a folder and all that. But my downside was like, I'm, I'm you know, I lose a piece of paper, I, you know. It, <laughs> the process of putting it into Excel and then keeping it and then tracking all the time. I just forget that. I'm not very process driven, whereas I'm quite creative. I can do a check-in. That's why I wanted to create an app. It just makes it super simple, 30 seconds to a check-in, and then it tracks your data over time. Mm. So you can kind of see, you know, oh, God, it's interesting that this time of the year, every year, maybe end of financial year or it could be Christmas time, generally anxiety or mental health or, you know, friends goes up, but then I get a bit anxious. Why am I anxious like my mum? Why am I anxious? Well, she's stressing out the family coming together, food for Christmas, mm. meeting everyone's family obligations and all that. So it's actually, oh, she can build better awareness in that moment because she knows that that tends to happen that time of the year. So she's more mindful and present to, to that so she can have better coping mechanisms so she can really enjoy the experience rather than just being running around like a headless chook. See, that's not something people would often think about is that do my, um, does how I'm feeling have some kind of trends throughout the year? You know, we look at business and we would forecast, you know, there's potential here, you know, this time of year people go on holidays, so they spend more here or this time's, you know, it's, you know, school holidays. So accommodation goes up and we notice trends in business, but even just turning the camera inwards for a moment and looking at ourselves and going, okay, do I have trends when it comes to my own mental health and well-being? Are there things throughout the year that I experience that I find a lot more challenging than other times? And what can I start to do to put things in place to make sure that I'm prepared for those times? Exactly. It's what business does. Why don't we do that in our own life? Mm. You know, and it's just bizarre that we don't. And then we can be a better friend, lover, um, you know, community member when we're more aware so, you know, I've gone through all this journey of, um, you know, a bunch of different social initiatives and community projects and community development over my professional career and jumped from a lot of uh, work in the reconciliation and Indigenous environment space initially where I ran a youth organisation for eight years um, promoting reconciliation and then I did a lot around job creation because I made that transition because I was like, you know, um, you know, if people don't have a roof over their heads and fund, uh, you know, money in their pocket to pay for dinner, really all this other community development things and scarcity, um, it, you know, goes so down the bottom of the picture. So if you create jobs, that's really important. And then, you know, then I kind of had this insight that if you have a job, um, but you're actually not happy and you uh, productivity goes out the window, um, you know, absentees and productivity loss in the Australian uh, society is a result of mental health. And uh, challenge and suicide in our country has a um, $880 billion cost to our economy. Mm. So that just shows around the cost. And actually, you know, mental health in the workplace in our community has a significant economic impact in our productivity. So you realise it's actually an economic conversation, having these conversations and the importance of checking in mm. in the workplace and in your community is just so important. Yeah. And so you, there's a really fascinating story that sits behind the name of Ayan. Um, do you want to unpack, I guess, the, a, a bit of the, the background to the to the name? Over the journey of the ICF Foundation, which stands for Indigenous Communities Education Awareness, um, I was going a lot uh, a lot into this community called Adiolun, um, or One Arm Point Community, which is in the Western Kimberley region, about four hours down a dirt road from Broome. And uh, I went there first when I was 16 years old, and I just had this amazing eye-opening experience and 
long story short, made some good friends up there and thought what rather than giving, you know, um, at our school fundraiser, rather than giving money to the Red Cross or Salvation Army or something like that, it's a real meaningful work, but maybe we can have a real grassroots impact and actually open up a library and create and provide sporting equipment in these communities, which they didn't have in 2005. So I did that, and that organisation ran for a number of years. And um, over that journey, um, the community said, Lockie, it's time that we uh, give you a skin name um, because you're coming into our community a lot. It's appropriate. It's important for us to give you that name, that you're part of our community, your family. Mm-hmm. So the EGI family passed on the name Binjali to me. And Binjali was, uh, you know, a bit of a, a community um, leader. And, um, and in that meant that I was part of that community and I needed to practice body culture and customs. Mm. And one of the key areas of body culture is knowing about this word called Leon. So Leon is your body, your emotion, your mind, your spirit, your everything. Mm. So if someone in that community says, oh, Binjali, Guruna, Leon, Lucky, how is your Leon? Um, it's, it's crucial that you're truly honest with that person. And because they, when they say that word, that is a safe space that they're there to see your whole, your everything. And um, for me, when my mum explained that to me, um, I'll go, um, Donna Ejai, and Bessie Ejai passed the name, but Donna told me about Leon. Um, I, I realised that, uh, you know, um, how powerful this is um, to create and instantly create a safe space for someone to truly say, no, this is your time to be really honest with me because, you know, in our Western world, it's the hustle bustle of like, oh, how are you going? Yeah, good. And the pleasantries. Yeah. Like, I don't want to burden you with that because, you know, everyone's busy. But, you know, there's people do anything to have their mates back. Um, and so we need a kind of like a bit of a switch word, a code word that kind of says, hey, let's have an I yarn, yarn. And that's kind of where the idea of I yarn comes from. Mm. Is, uh, it's similar, but it's, it's not ripping off the culture. It's I yarn. Let's have a yarn, um, similar to what um, what I'd have in the community. Let's have a Leon yarn. Oh, that's such a, like a such a beautiful picture of being able to have an honest conversation with people. And you're right. You, we touched on it. Um, you touched on it in that conversation there about we we tend to hustle and bustle past each other, and we have conversations that go to the I guess the surface level. And to take a conversation from the shallow end to the deep end, where we can actually have a real meaningful conversation, isn't something that we do all the time. And you mentioned yeah. at the start, it's a bit of a muscle that we've got to flex. It's something we've got, we've got to do more frequently. And what do you think it is about, um, I guess, this culture of, say, yarn, having a yarn together that is so normal in one culture but so foreign? Um, that kind of conversation seems to be so foreign in our culture. Where do you think the disconnect is between the two? One of the beauty things, the word yarn it's like comes from you know yarning uh, wool to make a jumper. Mm. Um, so it's like weaving of stories together makes the yarn. So the weaving, so it's around storytelling is having the yarn. Um, so the difference between, I think it's just the modern way around society is everyone's just so busy with their own stuff. They don't want to burden other people with it. Mm. And, you know, I think it was, you know, I was just very privileged. It's a very tight-knit community, body, mob. And um, having a yarn um, and having a Leon yarn, it's kind of something that's framed up in a way that's saying this is part of who we are. And um, I don't think we have enough of that kind of um, hyper, you know, community side. Like, um, you know, we'll be at the footy club together, we'll be at the rugby, swimming, canoe club, and we'll do this exercise together and then we'll have a few beers after our game or whatever. 
talking about the footy results. But actually, you know, everyone loves each other in that community, but no one has, you know, not no one, there's a lot of people in the community, but it's really how do we make it the norm to have proper, meaningful yarns which can save lives in your local community group? Like too many times there's everyone's community group is being devastated by the local legend, the larrikin, who's just a big part of the community, but then he's taking his life on the weekend. Mm. And that's happened too much and because there's not a culture of checking in. And that's the beauty of, are, are you okay, the conversations, that you know, facilitating those conversations. But it kind of needs to be framed with the intent because mm. you can't go from no check-in and no not knowing what a meaningful check-in is to meaningful check-ins. You need to kind of do, need a bit of a hand-holding experience. And that's where, you know, the workplace wellness sessions or the community IOK workshops play such a big role in making that first step in facilitating a, you know, a, a check-in culture. Yeah, you're right. And there's there's pockets of these um, communities where it's really open and honest and, and they facilitate really great conversations and they've got safe spaces set up, but it's just not the norm yet. And it can be. And, but I think one of the things that you're touching on here is that the, the challenge is not um, just checking in with someone uh, when, you know, you recognize that they're not doing so well, or you might see something and you, it kind of seems, they seem a little bit off and we go, okay, well, I need to check in with that person. The thing that you're touching on here is that checking in is not just a, when you're feeling down, let's check in. Checking in is this consistent conversation that we're having. Yeah, you've really hit, hit it on the head there, Shane, is, um, you know, when you're catching up over a coffee with a mate or, you know, these days over Zoom or yeah. checking in with a friend <laughs> on a phone call, yeah. how do you, the, the challenge is as a facilitator, how do you encourage people to create that safe space? It's okay to just and to share that rather than doing a check-in, oh, what are you up to on the weekend? What did you get up to on the weekend? How you got, like, what have you got going this week? And it's very kind of transactional. Mm. Whereas actually, how are you creating a space for you and your loved ones to then say, are you on track to living the life you want to live? And, you know, it's a, it's a different conversation that this is can help you go from, you know, an associate friend or an associate lover, you know, community member, family member, to actually being a real meaningful um person in that person's life mm. and it's it's such a small shift one degree shift that you can do in changing your question to say no, I love you mm. <laughs> and I want to be here for you to be the best version of you so what is the best version of you the best version of you is checking in on the areas of life that matter most to you so you know that you are on track to living the life you want to live mm. and having five you know, categories of life or eight categories of life that you check in on, whether that's family, friends, your pets, nutrition, health, mental health, whatever it is, um, at a consistent manner when things are good and also not that great, it can help you be a better friend, but also you supporting your buddies to be the best version of themselves. But that in 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 line with that helps you be the best version of yourself as well. Mm. And um and that's what builds deeper connection. Yeah, because there's also the um, reality that we actually don't know what's going on below the surface for a person. And so when we're having these conversations and we're checking in, it's not just about going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something that potentially could, you know, be an issue here. It's worth me checking in. No, it's going, there's some things we may never know. And unless we're asking the questions, we're never going to yeah. get to that level where we can really engage. 
but also it's not actually asking questions. This is a big thing I learned in the in the facilitation stuff I've done. It's actually and and um what's her name? Um Brene Brown talks about this in vulnerability. Vulnerability builds connection. Mm. And if you're not if you're the person always asking questions and using language like, I wanna help you, it's quite patronizing. Mm. <laughs> suggesting you're coming from a higher place like a woke place, whereas as a friend, I was like, I'm supporting you and supporting you, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Mm. So it's not like asking that person to share your iron score or and then comparing and being judgmental about, oh, your average score is a you know, four and mine's an eight. Mm. You know, I'm best, that's not the intention of it at all. That's judgmental and that's not empowering. Mm. So how do we – so the idea of doing a meaningful check-in is actually your willingness to step up and be vulnerable and say – Mate, you know when that time when I got made redundant, all that time when I had a kid and all of a sudden I felt like um, I was depressed because of this, this, and this. Mm. All that time when I got that injury and I couldn't exercise for a month, I felt like this. I felt like life wasn't worth living. And being vulnerable with that buddy creates a space for the other person to be vulnerable with you because sometimes it's very difficult to ask someone, how are you going, and expect them to say, mate, I actually felt like I want to top myself over the weekend unless you create that space. And it's okay if you haven't been that down and out before, that's okay, but your version of being vulnerable with that person helps create that safe space for them to open up to you. Because if you don't have that vulnerability, you're not both expected to come up together. Mm. And it's the safe spaces. Is the key that we're talking about here is the, the check-in is, is built on this foundation of a safe space. And the safe space is where you and I can go beyond the surface level conversation and we can have real meaningful conversation and it's where I can show you me and you can show me you and we can kind of connect through that shared vulnerability. Um, and I, I said to someone recently, until I can fully show me, you don't really get to know me. Like that's the, the mm-hmm. challenge here is unless I can show you who I am and show you every aspect of me, you're never going to know me to the extent um that you need to, or you can, uh, I really can put up walls to show people parts of me. Um, and really what we're trying to do is how do we keep bringing down those walls so that we can have more honest conversations? Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And you know, one of the most powerful things, me and my, my uh, partner, it's been awesome for us over this COVID journey and, and just do these check-ins together. We're going real intimate talks about sex and relationships and partners and all this stuff because, you know, and just open to conversation. It makes it so if one person brings it up, it's not like, oh, are you having a go at me for that? It's mm. actually, no, this is our norm. That we do once a month check in over a wine and we're just having that chat and it's not like one person's, Oh, like for me, my partner's on my case. I'm, you know, cleaning up the house. <laughs> you know, it's always an issue, um, and I'm getting better. Um, but you know, creating safe space to talk about all the things that maybe are pissing us off about each other. Mm. But that's okay. We're building together rather than getting into arguments because we know that this time in this month we're checking in, and this is what we do to bring things up, and we can track how things have gone, and it just makes us more of a supportive couple. Yeah. One of the the key themes that I keep hearing through this conversation is when it comes to checking in, checking in is being able to take a a conversation from the surface level conversation that we have on a day-to-day basis to a real meaningful place where we get to share honestly about where where we both are, not just where you are, but where we both are together. Yes. And when we can have that honest conversation, we can connect in a way that we wouldn't have connected 
just having those surface levels surface level conversations. But for us to be able to do that, we've got to have a, a culture and a, and a space that feels safe for us to be able to have those conversations. And I think yep. one of the big things that I'm taking away from this conversation is that it's those conversations aren't just for difficult times. Those conversations are for every time. That's when things are going really good. And I reckon there's just as much value as sitting down with a person and going, how you doing? And the person being able to honestly and authentically say, you know what? I'm just kicking goals and I'm doing so well. And for you to be able to share and experience that together, because that's just as valuable as a person saying, you know what? I'm really struggling, right? And and that is the beauty of it because it's, it's, it's okay to be epic and feeling like on cloud nine and it's okay to be down and out. And the reality is in growth, in like if we're not, you you know, you really got to feel the feels of being down and out because on the other side of that down and out is huge growth. Mm. That's the, the inevitability of like the growth as a human. We go through these rite of passages and these challenging times helps define us as people and that on the other side of that. And if we numb ourselves and not acknowledge the down and out to the challenging times of fundraising or building a business or, you know, going through COVID and all of a sudden your, you know, your backlog of work has just been cancelled, um, that's going to build up your character to be a better version of you. If you don't acknowledge that, you're not going to grow. Mm. And you said something to me before we were having the conversation um, about we, we have these moments where we go through challenging times and it's that sense of community that we get from one another, from checking in with one another that helps us to navigate some of those challenging times. Yeah, so the idea behind checking in, it builds up a sense of belonging and that sense of belonging, it, it is quite an academic term, like social connections. That social connection addresses loneliness and loneliness has a huge effect on our anxiety and our performance in both as a person or practically mental health. So it's all related. And that sense of belongingness builds up that confidence and that confidence to take risks because you know you belong to a community and the ability to take risks is enhanced when you are belong. And the way to prove that you are belonging to a community is doing meaningful check-ins. Mm. where you don't have a guard, you're not worrying about what person thinks of you saying a certain thing. It's actually because they, they see you as a good friend, as a lover, as a family member, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you were a person listening to this and you were reflecting and, and you're going, I feel like I'm lacking that sense of belonging right now, something to reflect on could be, okay, where are some of the spaces in my life right now where I can feel I can have honest conversations about where I'm at? And yeah, yeah? would that be something practical a person could kind of reflect on? I've been really thinking about this a lot, particularly over the weekend. And one of the big things and, you know, the really challenging things, particularly generation young people coming through is like, what is it, you know, people, what is a real friend? There's a lot of like, oh, you're a friend if you like my photo or comment in my picture and all, which is just bizarre for a lot of the older generation. But genuinely, that's how shallow some friendships can be. Mm. And knowing you know, what a real friend is. And you can't go out looking for and wanting everyone to be a real friend for you. It's around what you can do for your friends. That's really nice. And then, and then what will come back is meaningful relationships. So you don't go out into a friend saying, what can I get off you? I need your support. But how can you be a good contributing member to your community? And contributing member to your community is creating being a good mate and checking in on your mates. And then that builds social connection, that builds amazing, genuine friendships. And it's it's simple, but it's just being there for 
and it's support and checking in and being a good bloke, good mm. bloke, good sister, good buddy, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, that's that's such a nice perspective on it. For people who feel like, you know, I don't have any real friends right now. Well, the question is, how could I go and be a friend to somebody? Or if someone's saying, you know, I feel like I, I really need to check in with someone. How could you check in with someone else and actually see how they're going? And I, I've, I can recall very few conversations where I've honestly checked in with someone else and the conversation hasn't flipped in some way and they've asked the same of me and it's facilitated some really meaningful conversations. So again, some of these things that we can reflect on is again, think about it like a muscle, like this, are you okay? Muscle is when we, every time we're asking those conversations, we're flexing it in some way, but every time we answer honestly and we take the conversation to a real truth telling space, it's building and enhancing that muscle. Exactly. And one of the key things with this is you've also got to be really mindful of the environment of when you ask the, mm. are you okay? Or Matt, rather than saying, are you okay directly, talk about yourself and mm. then say, and create a space for that. But one of the big things I think inhibits a lot of people to have these meaningful conversations is the environment. But you can't be on the train on the way to work yeah. and you ask that question. You know, if you feel maybe something's up with a buddy, it's not the best time to, you know, when you're at a social event with, you know, thousands of people, unless, that you know, you're going to be there for a while. Maybe it is with thousands of people at the footy or something, you're there sitting down for a couple of hours where you can really unpack some things. But maybe, um, you know, actually saying, hey, let's go for a walk in the park after work or, you know, or something like that on the weekend where you're not bound by time because yeah. you don't know what's going to come up. And I think being bound by time can really impact things. You may actually need to have that, you know, that 30-minute check-in you thought it was going to be. could be a couple of hours. Mm. And that's you being a good buddy. And, um, you know, something, meeting up at 6 a.m. in the morning. I got a lot of amazing mentors who do the check-in. They wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. And that's what they do every week. Mm. And these are amazing business leaders. And they, that's what they do. Once a week, they go out for five and walk and they just talk about business, talk about life and everything. It's just a consistent thing they do all the time. And there are people who's like, you know, on the weekend going for hikes or something like that. I think it's really important to make sure that the environment you're in is appropriate for these conversations. Because yeah. if you ask these, it can be charged conversations in the corridors at work. It can actually, actually aggravate things and potentially... Um, you know, go the opposite way. So it's important to create, truly create that safe space. Yeah. Mate, thanks so much for the for the conversation. And obviously on a really important day, like Are You Okay Day, it's, you know, this is conversation that just needs to keep happening. A conversation where we keep checking in with one another. And, you know, I've you know, we're in this kind of world of remote working and our teams are kind of dispersed a lot right now. And I heard someone recently describe the difference between checking in and checking up. And, you know, checking up on someone is going, what are you doing? And checking in is asking, how are you going? And I, I love the way you frame this conversation. It's actually not just always about going, are you okay? How are you going? Checking in, but actually being able to share honestly from where I'm at going, hey, this is where I'm at. And, you know, and where are you at? And how do we take this conversation from a, a surface level conversation to a really truth telling and safe space conversation? 100% Shane. And it's been awesome to be able to share it with you and um, and, and let, let everyone know that, you know, we've created this tool that can be a conversation canvas. Mm. That's what we like it to be um, because sometimes, you know, people don't – muscles are still getting strengthened. If yeah. you haven't spent heaps of time, you know, unpacking this, you can put – your buddy can put or you can put a score zero to ten with where you're at with that area of life. And then that picture, that life will, 
is a conversation canvas that can help you go deeper about all these areas of life. Yeah, and I, I'd absolutely recommend people to jump onto iyarn.com and just explore how the tool can facilitate some of these conversations. Because at the end of the day, it's a tool and it's designed to help facilitate these these conversations. And I'm, I'm currently using it for coaching clients and it's just a really nice way to to know when I need to pick up the phone with someone and go, hey, I've just noticed this. Like, is there something we need to talk about? Or, you know, it's just a really nice way to be able to kind of track progress over time, even for a person who's doing okay, that just wants to kind of work out how can I do better in some areas? And so someone's already good in an area and they go, you know what, I just want to make improvement. And so we measure it and we go, let's let's check in in six months time and see whether or not you feel like you've made progress there. So absolutely encourage everyone to reach out and, and really just f- learn as much as they can about the tool. But really appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much, Lucky. Thanks a lot, Shane. Great to be here. Catch ya. That's it for another week of phone calls with clever people. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in you by checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they're released. And of course, I'd love to hear how this has added value for you in the reviews. Have a fantastic week.